Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's Gagan Pressing, Schalke are an absolute mess on and off the field and they now edge towards an unwanted record. Can the Konigsblau match a 55-year-old Bundesliga milestone? An Austrian Bundesliga expert, Lee Wingate, joins us to preview the Bayern Salzburg game and also gives his view on what is next for a club close to his heart, Borussia Dortmund. That's all coming up in the next 30 minutes on Gagan Pressing. The German Football Podcast. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt, als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And joining me, as always, is Manuel Veth. Manu, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, feels lonely again. I know Chris is Chris is off doing, uh, um, I think he's doing Amazon Prime video stuff today, right? Um, the For the for Bundesliga, so... Um, sounds like a lot of fun yeah but it's just the two of us so yeah doing pretty good how about you Bryce yeah not too bad I must say I enjoyed the weekend's uh, football match day nine is now completed uh, we had plenty of goals as we all too often do in the Bundesliga uh, and plenty of talking points uh, so I suppose we may get into it um, and I suppose where else to begin than that late kickoff game on Saturday Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Schalke but there's still plenty of time left in this one it's Mark Hoots. Raman's made the run he's Benito Raman and it's a really well worked equaliser there is life in Schalke yet a wonderfully created goal. Raman's first in the Bundesliga since December 2019. And how vital could this prove to be? And yes, that was Schalke's only goal of the game. That was Benito Raman's goal, which is his first one in, well, 23 games. Um, so at least, you know, he's um, stopped that barren run. But uh, unfortunately for them, the barren run of uh, wins has continued. Yes, that's 25 matches, unfortunately, for Schalke as they lost 4-1 to Gladbach. Um, yes, the, the rot seems to continue. So, uh, Manu, let, let's talk about Schalke. And, well, we've talked about it on numerous occasions about um, how poor they've been this season and uh, th- this has continued. But uh, before we talk about the game, uh, let, let's talk about news that broke uh, during the week with some of their players. They seem to be a few players short now, don't they? Yeah, it's going it's going so quickly sideways for them, isn't it? Um, Bentaleb, Harid, Ibisevic, um, essentially fired, right? Um, Ibisevic. 
his contract torn up. He was on a performance-based contract. So um, a deal that was, he was basically getting paid for minutes, not um, a salary, right? So those, though his contract was torn up. Um, Bentaleb and Harid are going to be sold or moved on as quickly as possible. That's that's the wording from the club. And then on top of that, um, his, their, their squad planner, Reschke, um, was also fired. So... Yeah, Tabula Rasa in Schalke. It's uh, it's gone so very quickly, so quickly sideways, and it's it's really interesting seeing that all unfold. It's a um, I don't want to say comedy, not a comedy, but it's um, definitely a drama. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't sure whether you were going to say comedy or horror at the moment. It's it's been pretty uh, pretty dire stuff, uh, and they always seem to be in the headlines for the. Well, the wrong reasons. Um, as you said, we've had a few players' uh, contracts uh, ripped up, and so the, there seem to be issues uh, from top to bottom in the league. Um, uh, and things don't seem to be Im- improving at all. Um, if we even look at um, the game, the late kickoff game on Saturday, as we mentioned, Gladbach beating on 4 1, a Gladbach side that are playing ever so well in Europe, especially uh, really exceeding uh, expectations there. But um, Schalke just didn't really have much in the game. We, we had, therefore, had to see a new face, didn't we? Um, US striker, uh, youngster uh, Hoppy has managed to come in and did have a decent chance. That's maybe one of the few bright sparks uh, within the game and within the squad at the moment. And the Raman goal, they could have scored um, a second, but as seems to continue to happen with them, you know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and um, yeah, they, they, they look really poor on the field. And you just question, you're looking at the, the fixtures and everyone else in the league and you, you just wonder when the rot is, is going to stop or if it's going to stop. Yeah, it's, it's definitely desperate when you see head coach Manuel Baum reaching to the U19, right? And, and pulling up players from the regional side, the Regionalliga side, where Manuel Hope, uh, Matthew Hope, um, you know, young young American that we don't know that much about. Um, he came through the Barca Academy um, in over in the US and then moved over to Schalke. Um, has played 15 games in the Regionalliga West. Has scored just once. This this I mean, while he might be a, a promising talent, this is not exactly the the player that you hope for to to end the crisis, right? And yeah, he he struggled at times. I thought it was um, it wasn't the best of circumstances to start your Bundesliga career and to have all carry all this hope. And you you could see it. I mean, he snatched his chance. Um, he is he didn't seem quite match ready for it either. But that's not on him. That's that's again decision making by the club, right? And um, that's the sort of decision making that you get when you when you're desperate. And desperation is what's going on. I mean, they are now at twenty-five games without a win. They they close. They're quickly reaching you know record levels in the Bundesliga. Yeah, and record levels is uh, something we need to talk about. So, uh, as you said, uh, Manu, that's uh, twenty-five games now. Uh, it's three hundred and eighteen days. So the last win they had was actually against uh, Gladbach. Uh, obviously, not on this occasion, though. Uh, <laughs> Matty, there's a, there's obviously a record um, you know that they're closing in on of 31 games uh, w- without a win. W- w- who said that, and and how bad were they? Can you can you tell us a little bit about this? 
Ja, Tasmania Berlin. They did it in 1965, uh, 66. It's an interesting story because they were promoted out of political reasons, right? Hertha Berlin had um, broken the rules when it came to payer payments and uh, were relegated to the second division. And um, this is the 60s, right? The This is still the early years of German, um, with the, the early years of two Germanys and um, they needed to be a team from the capital, from Berlin, in the Bundesliga, sort of for political reasons. And so they promoted Tasmania Berlin. Um, we were by no means ready to play in the Bundesliga. This this was a mostly an amateur side. Um, and they just didn't have, I think they had one player who was fully paid, one for professional player, and the rest were semi-professionals. And they won their first game. And then it just went very much downhill from there and uh, set a record with 31 games without a win in the Bundesliga and um, over 100 goals conceded. But it's kind of sad right now, Bryce, because they don't want to lose their record, it seems. I, I was saying before we came on the podcast, I was a little bit surprised by that news. You would think that, you know, any club wouldn't want to have that, you know, that title, uh, that record uh, stuck to them. But um, I... As I said beforehand, it's it's the one reason that maybe we know that club. You know, they they stand out for that reason. It may not be the right reason, but um, you know, it it puts them on the map, I suppose. Manu, so next week we see uh, Schalke will be playing a Leverkusen. I can't imagine that there's any reason, you know, for you to believe that they would uh, pull off a victory and and you know prevent them from getting this record against them. Yeah. I, I can't see it either, especially, I mean, today Leverkusen, um, by the time we record this right Sunday and Leverkusen seem to have struggled a little bit. They have a lot of games at the moment, right, with the Europa League as well, but they pretty much threw in their Europa League group. So they could maybe rotate a little bit midweek. And I just don't, the, the reason I struggle with Schalke is I just don't see an end of this. There's no end inside of this, Right. Where is the performance going to come from? Who's going to be the player that's going to make the difference? I mean, Visabi needs Raman's score for them. But it went so quickly downhill from there. And Leverkusen, just like Klappacher, a very good team. There's some very good teams in the league right now. Um, we're very we're very lucky that we have six, seven teams that are just fantastic. And Leverkusen are certainly one of them. So I just can't see it end. And then we're at 26. I mean, Tasmania, Berlin, they're... The poor chairman, the poor owner of the club right now said that they hope that Schalke is not going to beat the record because this is something that they really can identify themselves with. But the clock is ticking, Bryce. I mean, this is going to be probably number 26. Um, that is only five more. Yeah, this is it. Um, you look at any of the fixtures coming up, um, you, as I said, at any point in the season, and you just question whether you know, Schalke will be able to win that game. So it's it, it's not looking good for them. Um, well, and it's also not looking good for uh, Tasmania either, to be honest. Um, we'll, we'll have to see if they're able to pull it round, but I really doubt that it's going to be against uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Fair play to uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, a very convincing uh, victory, and they look very good uh, domestically and in Europe at the moment. Um, anyway, let's see what, what happens next week with Schalke. Though, we're going to move on now and talk about the other big games of the weekend. How do the British people say uh, you, you have to show it in a windy night in Stoke? Something like that. It was not windy and uh, Stuttgart is not Stoke, but uh, I think uh, I think Stuttgart is, is a team that uh, plays very well 
during the last weeks. So we knew that today it could be tough. Yes, that was Thomas Muller speaking after the 3-1 victory away to Stuttgart. Not Stoke, Stuttgart. Yes, he's always entertaining for his interviews, isn't he? But Manu took the time out to speak to Lee Wingate of the other Bundesliga podcast uh, about the Bayern and Borussia Dortmund results. Yeah, and we're once again joined by Lee Wingate. Lee, how's it going? How are you doing? Aside from the Borussia Dortmund result today, Manu, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, doing pretty well too. Um, we're recording this, of course, right after the the Saturday matches. So I'm very happy that you are able to once again join us. We're going to talk about Dortmund in, in just a moment, Lee. But I feel like we have. I feel like we have to start with Dortmund's biggest rival first. And um, there's a couple games that we kind of want to chat about and that's uh, you know Bayern Munich first against Salzburg I mean I know most people know you from the other Bundesliga podcast right Austrian football I, I know you work quite a lot with uh, German football as well in the Bundesliga but want to jump in with that game first and I don't know how you feel about this but I kind of feel like the last 180 minutes that I watched of Bayern Munich were very similar let's start with the Salzburg game because this was once again a Bayern team that is, is struggling at the moment. I think it's quite apparent that the, the amount of games that they have played is slowly catching up to them. But I'm going to ask, what is it going to take to actually stop the side, Lee? To stop Bayern Munich, you mean? Yeah. Well, uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams that play against them, like if you look at that Salzburg game, they'll have very good spells. Salzburg had some some very good spells in that game where I felt they were going toe-to-toe with them and matching them. But you just can't let up against Bayern because one minute of, of weakness, one misplaced pass, one, you know, one instance of, of getting your positioning wrong on the pitch and they will just ruthlessly punish you. So what a team really needs to do to stop them is be consistent for every second of 90 minutes. And that's an incredibly hard thing to do. I mean, when you look at the Salzburg, the Salzburg Bayern game, and I mean, this Salzburg side is a side. When we last spoke on this podcast together, you know, we kind of said, okay, well, maybe Salzburg are a team that could hurt Bayern, right, because of the way they're playing. I felt that in this game in particular, Bayern weren't that good, but they are very clinical when it comes to scoring goals in the in the right moments. A great example is the. The fact when they, you know, when Mark Rocker was sent off, and literally two minutes later, um, Leroy Sané makes it makes it three 0 and basically puts this game away, right? Yeah, I think this was Salzburg's chance to capitalize. As soon as that red card came, I thought, oh, you know, perhaps perhaps this is their chance, if any. And then, like you say, literally seconds later, I think Rasmus Christensen, the Salzburg right back, was sort of chasing the ball, and they managed to. You know, to sort of exploit that space on the left wing, lovely cross in and, and then Sane scores. But it's just a, just immensely frustrating because, you know, Salzburg needs need everything to go their way. And, you know, when you get a decision that goes your way, like an opponent having a, a player sent off, you just you want them to capitalise and to, to take advantage. And, you know, to then, to then concede, that was immensely frustrating. You know, you mentioned Manuel Neuer being the best player on the pitch. It cannot be understated just how good that guy is. There were there were some instances. I think in the second half he made a double save, first from Mergin Berisha and then from Enoch Mwepu. and he celebrated it. I mean, like he'd won, like he'd won the Champions League. But it's just he's just incredible, and I think he instills so much fear in opponents that they feel like they have to 
deliver the perfectly placed powerful shot just to beat him. And there, there was an instance of that in the first half as well, where Dominic Sovoslay was clean through on goal. Brilliant chance. And I think Manuel Neuer is just such an imposing figure that Sovoslay felt he had to smash it as hard as he could, ending ended up blazing it over the crossbar. And moments like that change games. So I think Manuel Neuer is a difference maker, and, and he was a difference maker on, on a, in the middle of the week. Yeah, and he was a difference maker against Werder Bremen as well. I mean, this is this is something that um, I did the post-match report for Forbes on on that game, um, at against the, at the Salzburg game, and Hansi Flick pointed out many times that Manuel Neuer has now been the, the busiest man for for two games in a row. Manuel Neuer himself said that doesn't happen, right? Um, which again, I think, in my opinion, points out how difficult it is right now for Bayern Munich to play the football that they're playing. It's not like it was in the Champions League where in, in August where it was almost like... Do you love watching live TV but are tired of your huge cable bill? Sling TV has the same top cable channels for as little as half the price, so you can save hundreds of dollars while still watching your favorite sports, news, reality TV, and more. Ditch cable and get Sling's total live streaming solution with free local channels. Setup and installation are included. Make the smart choice and switch to Sling TV. Get the best of cable for the best price. Learn more at sling.com slash cut cable. That's sling.com slash cut cable. Setup and installation included with $49 down and $20 a month for 12 months. Restrictions apply. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. A god given right for them they just they just did whatever they needed to do and like it was easy for them almost and right now i feel like you really get the sense it's every single performance is like a workman-like performance by this side it's really kind of interesting watching the spine side perform like that but um one thing that i want to ask you real quickly and this is this is kind of a little bit off topic but dominic schoboslai there's been so much talk about him maybe going to rb leipzig right and the one thing that struck me, while he's a wonderful football player, I feel like Leipzig need a proper center forward. Um, and Dominic Schoboslai, as wonderful as he is, he's, he's not the clinical finisher that, that Leipzig maybe need. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're right. Probably if, you know, if there were going to be any players that, that Leipzig would take from Salzburg, I would have expected it to be Pats and Dacca. You know, I, I think, I, I don't know RB Leipzig that well, but you saw Timo Werner's departure in the summer and no notable big names were brought in. And I thought Pats and Dacca would be the, the name that would potentially fill that void rather than Soboslay, who is more of a sort of creative attacking midfield player. A very good one. And I know he's being linked with a lot of clubs right now. But uh, I think, and I, you know, I think in terms of timing, I think he will go soon, probably in January. Jesse Marsh has, has admitted as much. And I think, you know, last season, perhaps I was a little bit optimistic. I was asked by a podcast around November time whether Erling Haaland would stay until the end of the season. And I said, yeah, I think he probably will. And then he was gone a couple of months later. So uh, I think, you know, Salzburg do lose these players very quickly once they once they make a name for themselves. And and I'm sure Soboslay will, will end up going in January. But it, I just find it immensely frustrating because... 
although this is the natural order, there's a food chain in football, right? And the, the biggest clubs like, like your Bayerns, like your Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, they're always going to end up getting the best players. But I just wish that Salzburg could hold on to some of these players, even just for a season or two, and that they weren't always taken at the earliest opportunity. Because if you think about the players they've produced the last year and a half or so, Holland, Minamino, Huang, Soboslay, Daka, if you have them all in a team at once, think of the damage they could do against a team like Bayern even. And, you know, I know that a lot of their problems against Bayern are of their own making, some, some you know, ill-discipline in terms of positioning, some defensive errors. But just imagine if they were had if they had all of those players at their disposal, even just for a little bit longer, what they could achieve. It's it's quite frustrating from an Austrian point of view. Yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, this is this is the plight that many um, good sides have. I mean, Ajax Amsterdam are another side that deal with that every year, right? The best players are just not not going to stay in the Netherlands. Just like the best players are not going to stay in Austria. And I, I do I do think this this is actually I personally think it's a problem in world football in general because the days of where teams from smaller countries could could create these dynasties and really hurt teams from bigger countries are, are long gone and it's very sad i mean they, i think what that also doesn't help salzburg is the fact that it seems unlikely that they're going to advance from this group into the, the round of 16 in the champions league right and um, even europa league is, is going to be a tall order with the two remaining games and i think that makes it very hard for someone like um someone like dominic Soboslai to stay because i think he wants to wants to play internationally and um, if it is Leipzig, then that's more likely, you know, that they they are going to be in the, in the Champions League. Um, although, you know, they could still go out as well. But you know, at least in the Europa League, um, come come the spring. But it seems like you know you're talking about the the best players going to the biggest clubs. It feels like this this is something that's not just a problem for for Avi Salzburg. Um, you mentioned Haaland already, and he's now at Borussia Dortmund. And Borussia Dortmund today. Um, in the most Borussia Dortmund fashion, gave Köln um, three points. The Köln side that hasn't won in 18 games. Was that a massive opportunity dropped already? Yeah, I think you have to say yes. I mean, just as a side note, before I answer that question properly, I will say that I, I do translation work for Borussia Dortmund. And I, I saw an article on their club website this week that said how long it was since they'd lost to Cologne at home in the league. Or whenever they mention something like that, it's never a good sign. I just had an air, like a, a feeling that something was going to go wrong today. And, and it did. And, you know, it is a massive opportunity dropped. And it, it's not the first time this season either. You look at the, the results so far, nine games played, three of those have been defeats. And, and obviously Bayern Munich is a different kettle of fish. But, you know, you can't lose games at home to Augsburg or, or I think, sorry, it's away to Augsburg or at home to Cologne and expect a challenge for the title. It's just not realistic. And I think, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a vicious circle because if some of those players could win a trophy, then perhaps they'd be inclined to stay a little bit longer. But as it is, you know, they've, they've dropped another three unnecessary points today and it's going to make it very hard against a Bayern team that just week in, week out churns out results I know you're saying that you know they're struggling a little bit at the moment but they're still managing to get the results and you know before I came on this call to you today I had a look at the league tables for the last three years and Bayern have achieved a minimum of 78 points in their last three title winning seasons now that's 26 wins if you're just looking at wins obviously draws you have to factor in there as well but I can't see Borussia Dortmund getting to 78 points if they're gonna you know 
drop points like they do today. It's pointless, isn't it? to, to, to dominate teams four or five games in a row if you're just going to go and lose a game inexplicably against an opponent like Cologne today. And I don't mean that with disrespect to Cologne, but with the squad on, that they've got, Dortmund should be winning those games. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's immensely frustrating as, as a fan to see that kind of stuff happen. I think you're you're spot on there, Lee, because look at the last two seasons. I mean, yes, we all look back now at Bayern and they had won the treble, right? But at one point they were they were they were crushed five one by Eintracht Frankfurt, and of course Nico Kovac was fired. So there was opportunities there for Dortmund to win the title last year, and then obviously the year before where they were I had nine points at one point during the season, and, and they dropped it dropped it then too. And I feel like this year there will be a lot of opportunities as well for them because I I'm certain that with the schedule the way it is, Bayern Munich will drop points because they are overplayed and they don't get any rest, and there's a lot of injury concerns and players are coming getting rushed back from injuries, right? So the opportunities are there. But you you have to make the most out of opportunities. And Dortmund are just not doing that. They're just not picking up the points where you have to. You have to pick up three points against Köln, right? So what is it then that... Is it is it, a, is it a tactical problem? I mean, we talked a little bit before the pod about this constant switching between different formations. And you think that could be an issue, right? Well, I think if you look at Dortmund's weaknesses, it, the, the weaknesses is not the attack for them, is it? I think if you're going to pick out anything, it's probably defensively and Favre does switch a lot between a back three and a back four I think you know for a young team you mentioned this before the pod the stability of having a, a regular defensive formation that you play could be could be very beneficial so that's one thing I suppose tactically as well obviously the team is so young there's an experienced side of it you know the forward line today you had Rayner on the pitch who I think he's 18 Haaland is 20 Mukoko 16 so there's an experience side as well. This often gets talked about, and I think it irks a lot of people in Dortmund. But perhaps there's a, a mentality issue there as well, where they, you know, they just they just don't see these results out. It's hard to put a finger on ex exactly what it is, but you know, if you look at the the fixture list, the results just, you know, you'll have three or four wins in a row, and then an, a, a result that you can't really explain, and you just won't win the Bundesliga title like that. Yeah, the mentality is always one that I find interesting, this whole debate. And I mean, you, I, I, growing up in Munich and being from Munich, I, the whole Mir San Mir is so installed and everyone that lives in this city, you know, this like this attitude that the world is ours to take. Um, and Bayern, of course, they, they carry that attitude so much more than anyone else. The question is really then, and this is maybe the, the final question is, how do you how do you install that DNA into a club? Is this something you can even can even create, or is this something that just comes with with like with having won trophies year after year after year? Yeah, I think part of it is you know winning trophies regularly, and that sort of just instills a, a sort of unwavering self belief. You look at players like Thomas Muller; they just believe they're going to win every time they go out onto the pitch, and so I think that's that's definitely one thing that that sort of helps. I think as well, just experience. Um, and when you have a team like Dortmund, their business model is a little bit like Salzburg's in a way that they get the best young players and then they, you know, they sell them on for a profit. Um, I think, you know, if they could keep on to some of those players for a little bit longer, then they'd be more experienced players. And then perhaps some of these things that happen wouldn't happen. But that's the question, isn't it? How do you how do you keep on to these players for longer when 
when the food chain of football demands that they move on. And you mentioned earlier that that is a problem in football. I, I believe that is an immensely, a, a, a huge problem in, 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 in world football at the moment because it's inevitable which direction players are going to move in. It takes, the, it takes a lot of the fun out of football, in my opinion, to have the same teams winning, the same teams signing all of the best players. And as a Borussia Dortmund fan as well, the second best team in Germany, those players are either going to move to the best team or, or, or abroad. And, and that means that the second best team are always going to struggle over the course of the season to, 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 to rack up the most points. So it's a very hard question. To, I think I'm probably, you know, probably analytical head on right now because I'm hurting after that defeat. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to put a finger on. Yeah, it is, it is something that we we talk about quite a bit on this podcast you know the fact that Bayern Munich are so dominant and maybe the one unfortunate thing about the Bundesliga is that one of the world's best clubs maybe one of the three best clubs in the world and I mean right now maybe the best club in the world is unfortunately also in this league right um, and that's that is something that Borussia, that's the reality that Borussia Dortmund face with that they they just have this giant of a club in this league and maybe in, in a lot of other European leagues, um, Dortmund would be the would be the number one club in that league. But unfortunately, it's not going to be. And that's not the case for with the Bundesliga. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, it's always a pleasure chatting to you about football, and we have to get you more often on the podcast because I know you do a lot of other work in the Bundesliga as well, and on top of your other Bundesliga stuff, right? The the Austrian Bundesliga. So, yeah, once again, thank you so much for have, coming on. And, um, yeah, maybe give, give our listeners a chance to tell them where they can find you. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks very much for having me on. Always happy to, to, to come on and talk about the German Bundesliga. Um, we are the other Bundesliga, so we focus on things going on over the other side of the border in Austria. You can find us on, on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes and the like. And we've uh, got a lot going on on social media as well, especially at the moment with the the European games coming thick and fast. We're at the grounds, at the games and uh, yeah, bringing lots of live coverage. So you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Other Bundesliga. Yes, so that was Lee Wingate from the Other Bundesliga podcast. Always a pleasure to have him on here, um, Lee Great guy, eh? And yeah, very interesting uh, results uh, for Cologne, eh? Uh, anytime I see a victory from them, it always puts a smile on my face. Yeah, that's not very often. But um, yeah, that, that more or less does it for the uh, Gag and Pressing podcast uh, today. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed. Uh, we'll be back with you before you know it. We hope you enjoy the European Games. And then match day 10 will be upon us. Until then, auf Wiedersehen. Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Here's what we love courtesy of ACAST Recommends. So two years ago today, I was driving across the country through the South. And when I finished, I knew I wanted to make a travel show. Think about what that does to a place. It's history. You're not going to change history. And now with all that's going on politically and socially and the fact that international travel isn't really an option, it seems like the perfect time to explore the U.S., 
Greetings from somewhere. I'm Zach Mack. And tap that subscribe button because this week we're hitting the road. ACAST recommends. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.